So this is the first time in a while that we're doing a remote record, and uh, I thought that I would um, take it would take me a little bit of time to get back into the swing of doing it that way. Um, and I was righter than I knew because uh, we just got halfway through um, recording uh, an episode, and I realized that uh, I wasn't recording from my end properly. So um, the uh, I feel like the important thing about our, our dynamic, we haven't ranked forgiveness yet, Chris, and I um, wonder if uh, this experience has given you a sense of where that might get um, ranked when we eventually do. Yeah. Do, do, well, do you want to rank forgiveness now? Um, I don't know. I was having a lot of fun. We were just ranking romance, and I think, I don't know, as in the past, there's been at least one other time where the recorder unplugged itself when we were halfway through recording something, and I felt that we were... I, I I was like, oh no, we're not going to be able to yeah recap, recreate what we just the flame. did <laughs> in the moment uh, unless in, in, unless we just wait for months to record the same idea again. But um, in this case, I don't know. I feel like uh, <laughs> this this the idea of romance is one that we have um, been bringing up as one that we uh, are going to rank for. We've mentioned in a bunch of other episodes, and every time we've had this default idea that it's um, going to be a super low ranker. Um, and I feel like that's, there's a suggestion that there's an articulation of it that is to, uh, for both of us, that both of us have that is so clear that, um, I, yeah, I'm just excited to test that and put our money where our mouth is. And my, my hunch is at the very least that whatever our first round of talking points that we have around it are going to be pretty close to the surface and repeatable. And then we might get to a, um, uh, we might get to an interesting place beyond our intuitions. Who's to know? Or we might smugly get to confirm them. You know, I love either. Yeah. Look, I love you enough. And I think that this is worth trying for. <laughs> that is the most romantic thing you've ever said. Pinging through the ether like a giant emotion. This lotion, this lotion. Sometimes commotion, sometimes no commotion. Rank ideas. Welcome, dear loves, to the Rank Idea podcast. It's the podcast where Nick Deladovic and myself, Chris Andre, rank every human idea on an ever-expanding list in order from best to worst, and we love to get it completely right. Every time. That's what we love to do. We love to get it as right as we get our various recording processes, i.e. <laughs> right. <laughs> Today we're looking at a romance. <laughs> Nick, uh, I'm not the definitional type Um and this this one's a bit scary for me to to think about wrangling. Can you can you give it a crack? You got it. That's, yeah, I'm I'm the definition of uh, the person who often defines things here on the podcast. Um, man, that just reminded me of that um, line in uh, P. Diddy, P Diddy's Bad Boys for Life, where Black Rob, R.I.P. Black Rob, uh, comes in hard with the start of his verse by going, "I'm the definition of half man, half drugs." <laughs> it's just such a good like. It, <laughs> I love I love lines like that from rappers where it's like someone's just it's like it's like they're an alien and someone's just explained to them very quickly the idea of what's considered of worth in kind of braggadocio rap and they've gone and they've got cool got it and then they just launch straight in um, the so romance as a thing to define so it's a valence right it's something is the first thing that occurs to me it's something that you uh, it's a valence and a and a story. Um, 
and a way of feeling about something that you can lay over feasibly any situation or type of relationship. Often often talked about in terms of relationships, like romantic relationships are relationships where there's the sense of a transcendent um, uh, you know, t- type of interaction or ongoing interaction that cross cuts with ideas such as love and special, which, yeah, with this, this part of the conversation that we're retaking, listeners, it occurred to Chris and I that one idea that we haven't discussed maybe at all on the podcast before is the idea of special, and that's going to come up as an interesting one to rank. But mm. this feels like the first I- this feels like the first idea where you have to contend with the idea of special and specialness, but also love, which we previously ranked in a super good episode from a little while back, um, and didn't do too well. Um, ended up pretty pretty close to the bottom of the list of eighty something ideas we have so far. Um, that's how we do this, by the way. We talk about if this is your first uh, time listening to the podcast, we talk about the idea and then we rank it against the other ideas we've already ranked. Um, we, but yeah, we, uh, so romantic relationships um, have love and specialness uh, at the forefront of the story of themselves. And so does um, any sort of situation that has the romantic narrative put onto it is the idea that something, something special, worthwhile, uh, is going on. Even just the idea of romance almost um, lays a, I lays an idea of worthwhileness over a thing that is happening. Yeah. Um, what do you think I'm missing, Chris? Uh, no, I think I think that that's it. I guess um, I guess like there's the historical context in which it's it's taken its its primacy and and changed like anything. So like um, I suppose the difficult thing with ranking ideas is that we're ranking them at a at, at a fixed point in time. But I think. Um, it's not going to meaningfully change within the period of which people are going to listen to the podcast. So that that's maybe not a consideration that we need to have, but uh, I think it is at least worth acknowledging that the idea of romance in, in how it's used now um, is not a clear and consistent one. That's been, cause it's been a, a natural human uh, interrelation with the phenomenon over time. Yeah. And I think um, that's worth bringing up in a world where people, it's easy to get, um, conspiratorial ideation around the way that narratives are used because, and sometimes they are used that way. But like, for instance, you know, the shorthand joke of people saying that say Valentine's day was invented by greeting card companies, you know, um, whether or not you get, whether or not you get, uh, whether or not there have been efforts here or there for human, for various human actors to exploit romantic narratives, romantic narratives weren't created um, within, for, you know, cynically, they, they're just a way, yeah. you know, o- over time, extreme and, uh, particularly pronounced types of experiences that humans have had across human history have given them thoughts and feelings that are really, uh, that are special and important to them. And then they've had to come up with stories to explain those feelings or just articulate what articulations of what they're about. And those articulations have formed a romantic narrative that then, has been used predictively to, to, you know, to give people a sense of how they're going to be or want to be in situations, maybe more importantly, situations that they want to have. Um, and then that, that creates a feedback loop where more and more kind of, uh, more and more, uh, story tropes for want of a better term get built up around the idea of what romance is yeah i feel like you know this the the feelings are so real and intense when people are in particular intimate connections and forming attachments with people um there's a there's a book on this your brain on love um that um 
you know, like we sort of know now that it's 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 almost dementing. Um, you know, the the impact in terms of um, in 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 what a rearrangement it is for an individual to experience, and and then um, so when when you are in the throes of that finding other people who are currently or have been in the throes of that and have left artifacts, uh, narrative artifacts can really resonate and, um, and, uh, you know, and become mutually reinforcing. And so I guess over time, what, what, what I would contend in, in this topic is that the higher the dial in our society is of, of, um, of validating the romantic narrative as a, as a real one, um, the, the, the greater the cost born from that is because uh, it is a, it is a myth um, of a narrative form uh, and as and it's, it's a particularly harmful one because it seems so positive um, and it, it's it's used as a um, because it, it takes on its own legs and life um, separate to the the joy of a connection or the the, the nice caring intentions of interactions and things like that because you know when we think of ro- to romance someone it's you know it's, you know you're having a, a bath with rose petals and candles and you know that's a really nice thing or you know you're giving time and caring for each other but um separate to those those deeds themselves the, the additional layering uh narrative layering of that as romance is is often picked up because there's like you said there's a specialness um and the more that that specialness is is held on to as its own independent thing that is worth having pursuing um protecting and uh making sure you don't lose um the less happy people are because um you it it's uh, in my experience both personal and uh and just something that that, that I've witnessed um it's it's the shield for some very very bad behavior because it justifies it's just enough of a just enough of enough of a counterweight on uh, the balances of deci- scales of decision making to to justify um t- sort of a really limitless beha- behavior that wouldn't otherwise be accepted or or rationalized um because you're trying to protect this thing that's so important to you in a romantic connection um and yeah whilst for most people it's it's um is I th- I think well I, look I don't know I can't, I can't you know we don't get to know everything about others' lives but at least at the social level most people it seems to be just a nice part of courtship and you know maintaining connection with people over time um, for very 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 many people um, it's exactly the same um, it's just a few further steps up that same uh, ladder to the sort of controlling ownership behavior uh, violence um, it's, it's the misery of uh, losing it and um, you know the lashing out to protect it and and I think uh, as I, I think I think it's a really poisonous feature of, of society and uh, yeah yeah the the interesting thing you've made me think about is that idea of um, uh, <laughs> the any sort of narrative idea which you know romance is um, being the util, you know the the utility of it. I mean, free of value judgment for a second. Just the utility of it is it creates a, a it creates a story. It creates the ability for a, a bunch of events over a period of time to become part of a coherent, made part of a coherent narrative or a narrative that seems coherent. Yep. Which, um, you know, most like humans humans we seem to need versions of that to you know to get around and do things, or at least we appreciate that. Um, like we need the we need stories to organize the the loose moments of our um, lives into something coherent or that um, or organized and meaningful. But the uh, you know romance and I think romance is just one example of this. It's as a narrative, it allows moments that otherwise would just 
be happily seen as being bad enough or problematic enough to um to have to change in response to um you know it presents them as part of a uh it creates them as part of a larger story that makes them that uh creates the illusion that they are worth that they are worthwhile moments to bear yep so could could you give some very explicit examples because i i i know exactly what you mean but i feel like not everybody will have experienced this maybe yeah so not jumping i don't want to jump to any high flown um, examples like, you know, full-blown abusive relationships. Mm-hmm. So, let's yep. just, you know, so let's jump to a much more low-stakes example of just a relationship that is not the worst ever, but, you know, say two people are in a romantic relationship and they are, um, uh, you know, they're just, they're, their communication style isn't super well-matched. They're not, um, like, their day-in, day-out day out experience of um, being together is more conflict-laden than it is um, joy-like than it is connection-laden. Um, they, uh, having, they're having a lot of, um, stressful uncertainty around the future in terms of not having shared sense of where they both want to go in their lives, you know, just ordinary everyday mundane stuff. I've, I've observed plenty of, um, relationships like that, that sensibly could just end and both of both partners could find just better romantic situations. Um, if romance is a thing, is a thing that they want to pursue in their lives, um, and uh, they don't because of the larger. There's there's a larger emergent romantic narrative that um, a a makes people in society feel that they should be in relationships and creates a scarcity model of relationships that make people stressful about the idea that they have a bird in the hand when really they just have a fairly crappy relationship in the hand. Yeah. And then, um, but then also the sense of oh no these these the genuine real moments of connection, warmth, fun, joy that they have shared together get held up as the thing that has to be given primacy in judging the situation rather than the more, rather than the actual experience that makes up way more of the total minutes of their relationship. Um, uh, so, to, and then another example that isn't even, that isn't about quote conventional romantic relationships, like this, again, just keeping stuff really low stakes. Um, my, uh, personal experience of um, working on arts festivals for a bunch of years and um, looking at the sort of things that are romanticized in independent arts practice, i.e. doing things on a low budget trench warfare, uh, like overworked under, you know, underpaid, just, you know, even also just doing suffering things. within it, like artists suffering. Like yeah. There's a, there's a romance around, Oh, this it's real because it's really hurt them to make this work. They've really put their pain into it. That's a romanticized them. Um, and again, Sorry. I'm I'm self-implicating. I'm self-implicating with with both um, examples. I mean, just to finish that thought, like I got to a point, um, and uh, with the arts organization I worked at, where we mo- pivoted from being a festival to being an artist development organization that sometimes does live events. And for we did that for a lot of reasons, but one of the reasons is we realized that the way that we were doing it was just creating a ordeal, uh, an annual long form ordeal for art for artists and um, staff and to audiences as well, but probably at a level where the audiences were having a kind of fun, it was kind of a fun ordeal for them, but it got to the point where it was not a fun ordeal for the artist or audience, artists or um, staff anymore. And even if it was, even if, even, even if every time you, even if once you're on the other side of it, you could have all these fond kind of memories from the trenches, quote unquote, once I was high enough in the organization to feel that I was in a position of responsibility and care, <clears throat> I realized that no, I couldn't justify this anymore. 
And the only thing propping it up was the idea of like, was, was, was basically a romantic idea of like, Oh, remember when we went through that together? And again, we ranked aestheticism really low. So we know that we're, we, we, you can listen to that episode where we <coughs> look at all the ideas of, um, that intersect with transcendence through ordeal. And we have a pretty dim view of that romance feels like it relates to that pretty strongly for me. And, um, I just think it's, it's the, the reason it relates is because, um, it's not actually saying it's, it's confusing the quality of what actually exists with, uh, a sort of stylized version of how to interpret it. Like, um, you know, like the, like, cause when you describe, you know, the, the real hard, long, long yards of doing really difficult, you know, artistic practices, you know, maybe doing, you know, 40 hour weekends to get, to to get something done. And then you look back and it is really fun because it can be really hard to work on something you like and to share that with other people and to, and to pull something off that, that can be great, but that, that doesn't mean that it's the, the, the best way to do it. It also doesn't mean that the fact that it's the hardship itself, that is what makes it good and that you should pursue that exact kind of hardship. And that's, and I feel like we will need to, yeah, we will need to rank the competing ideas of better forms of defining the things that we're rejecting here. Because I think like, I know that you and I really extremely value human connection, closeness, intimacy, care, kindnesses, you know, the exchanges, all the things that are often associated with, associated as romance. Um, But what we're here is disaggregating, um, perhaps the 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 stylized lie of it which is that is that those things uh, amalgamate themselves to have an inherent value or virtue that um can then be used as a shield or as a shadow to um disregard the realities of what those experiences are i think you make i think that's a really good your point that's really good, Chris, is that, yeah, we, this feels like if we're going to be responsible to trash romance, which is an abstracted story form that's, that has, that is an attempt to codify, that is an attempt to explain and predict, uh, things in life that are really good and worthwhile to engage with. And what we're, we're critiquing, we're critiquing it on the basis that it doesn't do a particularly good job of identifying the right things and, and moving you towards the right things. So yeah, really, we need to responsibly commit over the next little while to um, mapping and imagining and ranking the ideas that we think could be superior versions of that. I mean, is there anything off the top of your head that um, uh, that feels like it's a, a version of what, re- that it's a better idea that we currently have in the human idea canon um, that, that feels like it can get you to the... Um, to where romance is trying to get you, but the good version. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be a few ideas because I mean, the reason something can exist as a short form is because it's a more convenient handle than what, what currently exists. Um, or at least it's a more infectious one, which I'll go into a bit because romance is a particularly infectious one. Um, but I think that, uh, if you are engaging in your, um, your own life and, and, you know, uh, loves in inverted commas and, um, connections and, um, and intimacies and cares with, from a place of, uh, self-awareness where you value, uh, um, truth, uh, where you, uh, truth over, um, value the pursuit of truth and the pursuit of self-understanding, um, and value exchange and honesty, then I think that that's, that's already going to basically dispel a lot of what romances, um, 
romance uh, offers in in the stead of those things because um particularly for young people um where you're experiencing the the re- the very real rearrangement that I described earlier um of of your brain for the f- for the first time if if the only modeling and narrative forms you have are the romantic ones because they do clog the public sphere you don't have to go a, a day of consuming media without um being able to find them um then then you can grab onto those as the sources of what's occurring and and the meaning and a, a very common one actually for for me that I that I've encountered with um countless friends is like there's so there's a there's a biological shift that happens um in, in people's relationships after a couple years where the sort of the lust connection changes and so your sexual connection changes with if if with 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 if you're in a um relationship with one partner for that that period of time and i've seen and and i've been a fallen victim to this myself and seen it happen countless times where people confuse that shift with a sign that they're not with quote unquote the one um and uh and it's it's illustrative that their connection isn't real because it doesn't feel the same as what it was, or you know perhaps you're you know ten years into a marriage um, because you've made this commitment you're together with just one person, uh, which is you know great we've we've, we've ranked that as an idea, um, and and then but you don't have the conceptual framework to understand that that shift occurs of the of the sexual connection that you can have with someone, and suddenly you meet someone else and you the two of you you have a sexual connection and you realize oh god. This, this is what's real because this is what I understand connection to be. It must illustrate that what I have built with someone else is not of uh, of an equivalent value and not real and not the, you know, that I don't have romance anymore. I don't have this real, real connection, this important, powerful thing that I should prioritize and connect. And then people trash perfectly good lives um, and perfectly good connections um, and, and all the harm that could come with misnavigating uh, those feelings um, for something that will also subsequently, um, f- you know, have that same transition uh, which you experience. And, and I think that um, without having good modeling and good narrative understandings of what actually happens to us in relationships, in what we call love, in um, human connection, sexual connection, um, and how to be kind to each other. The 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 vacuum that romance floods to fill um, is is like have it's like it's like having a map to a different city and then using that as your definitive way of getting around where you are. It's 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 ludicrous and um, and because of the importance of, that we all place on these you know very real feelings and and very d- delightful experiences and um, important things for most people that, that they put somewhere in the center of their lives. Um, Navigating those poorly can have catastrophic consequences, and and of course for all of us, do, most for, sorry for most of us do at some point in our life have catastrophic consequences. And I think the the more that the thread of the romantic narrative is in the mix, um, the less able we are to to navigate those those really important things. It's not just like having a um, map to the wrong city. It's like it's it's like an imagined world. It's a world where everyone is told that there is one city that exists, and that's where everyone should live. New York. And if you <laughs> <laughs> exactly, yeah, you're right. It's like this current world. Yeah. Um. But yeah, and I mean, you're speaking my language in two ways, Chris. One is that idea of um. You again on this podcast, I never shut up about the idea of promoting ideas which allow a more um, uh, just a more accurate uh reckoning with all of the com- complex systems and intersectional factors that are making up your current situation and being able to actually analyze that in a clear-eyed way that isn't crowded by more mythical conceptions of how the world works. Um, and then obviously as someone, like I'm someone who has multiple romantic relationships and doesn't, yeah, doesn't uh, engage with uh, 
broke, you know, I do, I, this is the thing I, I have to self-implicate here because I'm heavily engaged on one level with romance as in that, you know, it's funny, even, even aside from the fact that I live non-monogamously, um, I have like the recurring bit in a lot of my relationships, the running gag. Like I tend, I off, I have often ended up in relationships with people who conceived themselves as being less into romance or, you know, like performatively play that idea of being grumpier around the idea of romance. And then I tend to performatively adopt the character of the, the person in the relationship who's more romantic, who's more of, who's more into doing loving, you know, quote unquote, lovey dovey things. Mm-hmm. And, um, that's true. I am, I am into doing lovey dovey things. And that's, and so it's, it's funny that I, like, I'm right there with you in terms of, um, uh, in the same way that, you know, I was like putting putting the boot into love when we did our love episode and I'm also someone who tells people that I love them a lot and enjoy doing so. Um, and, uh, yeah, uh, in the same way, like I'm someone who enjoys behaving in a way that is conventionally romantic and, um, yeah, like forming, like uh, use, leaning on those uh, tropes and thoughts and ideas. Um but one thing that I have learnt um, over the last few years of having multiple um, quote-unquote romantic relationships, like intimate relationships, physically intimate, you know, dating relationships, partner, you know, I still have a central partner relationship in my life. The thing that I, and before that I had, um, you know, over a decade of just being in monogamous relationships. One one interesting situation I contended with when I was first moving from one model to the other is that my um mental architecture for how to have any sort of intimate relationship anything beyond conventional friendship was pretty it was pretty one note like it was it was one wonderful way of doing it but it was one that just couldn't that that sort of in that intense that life entwined partner intensity and the sort of um language tropes and thinking tropes around it um was is is great and I still like having that but that doesn't that can't apply um practically to any every type of romantic situation or a, probably a better way to say it is like there's a lot of worthwhile fun edifying intimate quote-unquote special romantic situations that uh call for a completely different way of being and um that was a learning curve and kind of a bumpy one for me at first and I feel like it's just, these are the it's one of the things that made it uh, such a bumpy road is is this, is that idea, um, the same thing that makes it hard to do anything that is outside conventional behavioral scripts is that you don't, yeah, like those, those scripts are really dominant. So, like yeah. the idea of what, yeah, romance, circling back to one of your earlier points, like romance, it creates this weird exclusivity model where um, people who are, uh, yeah, where there is, there becomes at least in at least it, uh, relative to the cultural spot that you find yourself in, there ends up being built. There's there's all of these this built up narrative about how romance should go, what it should include. It's like you were saying before, the idea, you know, weird, easy, easy to junk concepts like the one or um, the idea of like transcendental excitement and that sort of first date, those those early dates feelings being a thing that should be that can and even should be um, maintained across the span of a life together. Um, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, like a lot of ideas that we've ranked lower, romance is a really sticky story. It's really sexy. If it exists, it's going to propagate. And I think that, but I think the extra 
I don't know. When we ranked fashion, we ranked it on the idea that it had a lot of, um, uh, we ranked it relatively lower. Fashion's not that low, but we ranked it lower because we were like, oh, if, if the idea of fashion exists, it's going to propagate massively. It's a really sexy, sticky idea and has a lot of costs built into it. But at least something like fashion has a kind of self-renegotiating um, um, plurality to it in an extent, even though, there is, even though the things that are bad about fashion tend to be abidingly bad about it in terms of... Um, uh, exclusive exclusivity and, and, um, social judgment. But with romance, like it, romance does change. Like the, it re the concept renegotiates itself in every tiny sphere of human history and the world that it gets employed, but it doesn't present itself that way. It present any, whatever new version of it presents, it presents itself as here is how it, here's how it should work and always has worked in a way that can be quite um, oppressive for yeah, people. And, and I think that's the element of why it's going to end up down, like quite far down for mine, because, uh, you know, it's you could defend a version of it and say, well, you know, with good relative to, if as long as you protect good ideas in the list, um, then, then romance can have a relatively harmless spot. But I think um, the good ideas kind of negate its existence at all. Um, and, and its presence is, is kind of an antithetical, uh, point against a lot of the good ideas that we have in the list. It, look, least of all, it ju just self-awareness alone. Um, you know, it, 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 it's an, it's an inhibitor for, um, for many of the, the, the things that we have, um, interrogated and valued pretty highly. And it's funny that we would be the ones trashing it in terms of our relative advantage relative to it. I mean, we're two people who can, so much of our lives, we can happily engage with it, lean on it, um, exploited as a narrative like we haven't even talked about the people in life who are just heavily aromantic like just have no can't relate to the concept of it at least in terms of like romantic relationships quote-unquote mm. and um uh or just th their selfhood is constructed in a way where they don't have access to it in a conventional way where people aren't people don't see them as romantic subjects they can't be constructed by others as romantic subjects like what are you know that's a pretty that's a huge um, that's, that's suffering, you know, that's suffering yeah. that certain, certain members of the population are dealing with that they wouldn't, that they don't that there's no intrinsic thing in the universe that means they should have to be suffering from that. Um, there's just no, a, there's no, just so a, there's, a, there's a force there's, of reality. There's, there's yeah. Romance. Yeah. There's romance as a narrative of exclusivity saying that, oh, it's, it, it has to be, it's constructed in this way. And so if you, and so you, to engage with it, you need to be able to bring these, um, ingredients of selfhood to it. And some people can't. And that's, um, yeah, if, if it wasn't, um, yeah, if, if romance could just chill out about having to impose itself <laughs> on all situations, um, we wouldn't have to come at it as hard, but it doesn't seem to be able to do that. Or, you know, at the very least there, there are other ideas that could do that. As in, whereas I feel the various concepts of, um, transcendental human connection that you were talking about before. And some of the ones that we've put high at the top of the list, you know, self-awareness, generosity, sharing, um, and other ones that will add that, you know, um, are even that are more specifically relevant to sites of, um, can, uh, you know, uh, intimate relationships, even intimacy, you know, yeah. as an idea of vulnerability. Um, if these could just be codified, if, if, yeah, again, if you could just, if people just had more space to just get into the weeds of those as details and think about, Oh, how they're located next to them and how, how they're, uh, yeah, for me, 
selfishly, it's been really useful in my life to not have to think about, oh, how, how well am I doing, how well or badly am I doing in terms of love or romance in my life? And rather just go, no, how well am I doing in terms of these actual, these deeper component parts, intimacy, vulnerability, connection, generosity, um, shared, you know, things that allow for a real shared sensibility between me and other people. And again, well, I don't, I don't want to trash, I've, I've, I don't want to trash romance as being like just from some heinous origin point. It's from a very sympathetic origin point of trying to codify um, and predict the, again, the, the aspects of what are going to lead to like the loveliest and nicest human interactions. It's just, we've had a few, we've had quite a while to judge the results and they haven't, they haven't been super crash hot. I would say I'm probably now, um, uh, you know, uh, a decade of, I've spent a decade of adulthood deeply invested in um, what I didn't at the time conceive of uh, as romantic uh, motivators and, you know, maybe seven years without. And it's astonishingly how much more rewarding the re- the closeness and relationships I'm able to build are you know, on the, on the other side of that tunnel and astonishing looking back how, what I at the time would have defined as the most important and, and, and special, um, you know, points of my life are now really just, I can't see them as anything other than quite poisonous and, um, one-to-one, uh, harmful and painful for the investments, um, put into that, that specialness, um, and, and and the the sort of masking idea of um, all the things that you describe that are um, realities that you cannot we describe intimacy closeness in, um, it, all the other words you used before they're things that you can navigate through your emotional experience of the world and ping back to yourself and ping off of others and 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 uh, you know describe and relate to and make decisions against romance is not that it's it's a um it's no. a, it's, it's a supra enmeshment of those which comes with its own uh force weighting and a directional um uh suggestion that um that uh, d- d- i just i just i think does not at all make for happier lives or relationships it's interesting what you're saying about um uh, i was just thinking when you're saying you know you know we're in a privileged position of being able to talk about um uh being able to engage with this but i think that the people who like whilst I, de- I definitely acknowledge that it could, that the narrative existence of it all is a great pain for people who, um, you know, don't access it or or, or um, don't uh, find themselves you know being traded with in that way. I, I think it's more poisonous for those who can because it's something that you it's, it's a temptation that's there um, and something that has that that uh, you know it's it's like um, you know like if I didn't care about football. Um, the results of a football game are never going to hurt me in the way that they are for someone who yeah. really does care about football. You know, That's a really interesting point. And this is why I'm so keen to rank, still rank intersectionality at some point and why I think mm. it'll be a good, but why I think it'll rank higher. Cause um, yeah, I th- as you say, there are relative advantages and I relate to what you're saying about the, uh, I, f- I feel specific advantages in life. Some it's funny to say, but sometimes around the things that, that are the, the social scripts that I've been marginalized from. Like I think about that in terms of, for instance, uh, masculinity, you know, as um, someone who's grew up codified as a boy, but then also, also judged as being not a very good quote unquote boy in terms of how, how boys are judged that gave me stress. And then also a certain, (laughs) I'm the, I'm the bad boy of modern boys, but um, 
it gave me a, uh, it get, there was, there was stress and loss and loneliness from being excluded, but also something that has become extremely valuable to me as a thing, which is the idea to, to just have an out and, uh, a calmer outside perspective on that as a construction. You know, I, for instance, I hugely value the idea that one thing I never have to stress about in my life, even for a second is what it means to be a man, mm-hmm. um, as even, even you know, even though there's aspects of gender conditioning that are still that I'm still subject to and contend with, can be, there's an order of magnitude difference between me and people and people who wear people whose concept of being a man is central to their identity. And I think, um, yeah, I th- I think romance. You're right. Romance works in a similar way. Like if someone's a romantic or just um, you know, scrooging off to the side about it, then they have the scope to analyze it and um, be calmly crit- critical of it in a way that someone who has really, really strong identity stakes bound up in it doesn't have. Um, it's a good point. Um, and yeah, and I mean, I think that makes me think, because we've defaulted a lot to talking about romantic relationships. And um, I, I do still really think the concept creep of, of romance is important to talk about in terms of, particularly for me, in terms of how... Um, you know, how low we're, we, we're looking to rank it here, I think, because yeah, I, I mean, I definitely feel like I am, uh, like it's, it's enough of a running joke amongst my friendship groups and my intimate partners that I am the person who, um, they, they think of as, as trying to rob the romance or, or, you know, people think <laughs> of me as, as like trying to not let, try not let, I'm not letting them just have fun with the things that they're romanticizing everything from, um, uh, crushes to astrology to, I don't know, war to, um, uh, to arts, you know, to art scenes or, um, celebrities, you know, um, famous, you know, famous figures or constructed mythological figures. Um, I don't really relate to the idea of sitting in that idea of romanticization, like, um, as in I've, I've had the, the universe contrived to, the events contrive themselves to um, mean that I was that I end up looking looking at a lot of that from the outside, and I've come to value being able to look at it from the outside. And yeah, I don't know, just it's not it's yeah. I like I like trans I like having transcendental and special feelings, and I do that plenty of times. Like again, you can't as a human you can't help it; those are going to happen. Yeah, um, and they're good and good and worth celebrating. But I don't know, attaching stories to them um, that are really inaccurate and um i don't know no one people the people who are commonly in my face of being like just can't just let me just let me think and feel this way let me have fun they never actually look like they're having that much fun to me they look like they're as in they look like they're um having suffering momentary (laughs) yeah they look like they're suffering they're having momentary flashes of um pleasure or fun within a narrative that is ultimately just drag like dragging them down like being down on them even even things like people's you know engagement with um popular culture and uh stories which they claim to be you know uh when we t- when we talked about fandom this is a lot like yeah, like fandom really in- intersects fandom is a romantic narrative the oh, idea yeah. of like yep yeah, i'm gonna I'm going to, I'm going to bring a romantic valence to my engagement with this thing rather the than just letting it be a thing that I, yeah, rather, rather than it just being a thing that I engage with. Um, and yeah, and again, it's, it undercuts the, it creates stakes that undercut the critical facility and it, and yeah, I don't know. I just have more fun. Again, 
I'm a very specific type of person. The thing that is funnest for me is critiquing and judging things. And I get that not everyone is like that or has to be like that or should be like that. But, um, again, it comes back to your original point that, yeah, when you're, when you're really on the outside of things, um, it can be very hard to, um, it, it, it becomes even harder to, um, buy into the specific romantic narratives that exist within the, within those things. It was like when we were talking about cult. Oh yeah. I was saying when we were talking about cults the other day and we were talking about how, how insular the, um, how insular and huge, how much gravitas and drama you need to bring to the story within your cult space for it to be compelling. You can't just, you can't have a cult of, you can't have an exploitative cult like, uh, group dynamic if it's just if if the narrative is just that what you're doing is pretty good like it has to be operatically romantically good and it has to map to an actual need that people have which is why romance is such a, a cult because it you know that um you know that that it it uh it is giving a shorthand narrative form to something that is extremely real which is that that uh arrangement rearrangement reconnection you know focusing and obsession that that we can have when we're, when we're in that and how nice it, it, it does feel to have those connections. Um, and how nice yeah. it is to, to want to put, to value them. Um, and to, you know, like, I mean, exactly. Yeah. If, if it wasn't for the reality of that, you know, people might be like, Oh, no, I, you know, um, I'd rather just, uh, you know, work another eight hours tonight rather than spend time with, um, you know, prospective, uh, close partner. No, like, you know, nobody makes that decision really when they're or very few people make that decision when they're, um, really excited by and, 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 uh, in the throes of a connection like that. Um, but it's the, the mis misdescribing of it. That's so harmful. And I feel like we're well positioned to rank it because, you know, you describe yourself as that, um, uh, you know, insufferable uh, crit- critic <laughs> deconstructionist, and, but I'm at the other end, just a total moron, and um, had really bad uh, narratives and modelling around this stuff. Uh, oh, sorry, what what I've subsequently, uh, what I subsequently considered to be that certainly um, not not considered um, narratives, and have just uh, had have had to deconstruct those through the brute, um, uh, the brute weight of, uh, I guess you know, using a lettuce leaf as a tennis racket in life <laughs> and, and thinking that, um, <laughs> that, uh, you know, um, uh, v- valuing a, a reductive idea of what, what romance, uh, would be, um, would get the ball back over the net. I, and again, like I'm a, I'm a lovey dovey person. It's funny. Like, I'm, I'm not just, you know, uh, hot take people can be complicated, but like, yes, I'm, I'm still someone who enjoys um, a lot of moments that from that uh, can be easily codified as conventionally romantic. Like I love to be really uh, moony, moony, moon and juni spoony um, with the people around me, and sh- and at the very least, like um, unguardedly affectionate. And um, for me, the de- like deconstructing and critiquing like the romantic narrative has helped me be a better version of that because I'm not missing the forest for the trees. I'm, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm having to actually break down the component parts of, okay, how can I be to, if I want to, sh- if I want to share with people in that way, how can I do it in a way that is thoughtful and caring towards them rather than, rather than a version, rather than a default version that I can, that I can just lazily say is right because it matches the romantic narrative. And I would say that this is also a luxury of position that, uh, you, you earn by, um, 
not pursuing conventional relationship models because you do have to start again and you know figure out what what actually it is about a connection that's meaningful for you and what's what's you know what does respectful communication look like those those are things that you have to forge rather than just um you know i've seen enough tv or enough people doing this thing to know that this is the right way to go about it like no you need to you need to reconsider it and um and and rebuild it which which does give a good perspective Without the crutches of romance, you have to be—you have to actually be emotionally available. And yeah. if you aren't, then you don't—then you don't get to play. And I like that restriction personally. <laughs> I like to either be emotionally available or not able to, con- or not able to engage in that way at all. Yeah, that's um, nice to me. That is a nice. That's that's nice. Those are nice bounds. Um. All right. So let's rank. M- my guess is. Yeah, so my guess is that going straight to where love is on the list, um, which is 13th from the bottom, um, and deciding if it's better or worse than love is a good place to start. But what do you think, Chris? I instinctively think better because, um, although, look, it's, it's, it was quite recent that we did the love episode, but I, I still I still can't remember. I just feel like love is more ubiquitous than the romantic narrative. Um, and without... Like you're not you're not going to have the romantic narrative with the weight that it has without love. But then at the same time, you could say you could say the other way around as well that um, you know love wouldn't be so weaponized without the romantic narrative. That's my sense, which suggests that mm. romance is lower. As in, I feel like yeah, I feel like love. You know, a lot of the things that we were critiquing about love is the sort of is was was to do with the narrativization about it and of it. And I feel like you. I feel like romance is more the narrativizing agent than love. Plus, romance has become bigger. It's become bigger and encompasses more than just love. It's also more um, poisonous, I, I think. Yeah. yeah. And it, meanwhile, like, above love is lying, and romance definitely is worse than lying. But yeah. I think it's also worse than worse than love. Um, lying, you know, lying is pretty low on the list, uh, but there was still, a, there were, there were, there's the odd, there was the odd thing about it that I felt worth sticking up for. Um, which is uh, why you should go listen to that interesting episode we did on it. So, it's curious to have them in a run like that because it's literally, you know, lying plus love equals romance. What's below? What's currently below <laughs> yeah. love? Souls and then fairness under that. So fairness is like when the real, real bad badness begins. So I guess it's it not as bad as fairness. That- fairness is definitely a force multiplier of the ba- bad outcomes yeah. of ro- romance. Absolutely. Um, so cool. Then All right. This, souls- this isn't turning out too hard. So better. Better or worse than than the idea of souls. Souls is wronger. Like souls is souls is hard to beat for just its inaccuracy because it's just so. But that's because it's such a bounded idea. Like souls is just this idea. It's like oh, this very specific thing exists that doesn't exist. So and then it does. And you know, as we said in the souls episode, that's it's a partic- it's still a low ranker because it's it that uh, it's very ins- souls is a very insidious idea like the idea of so- the idea of souls as a component of the human selfhood leaks once it exists it leaks into everything um in a uh, in a damaging way so yeah they're oddly comparable that way so i guess is an idea that is an idea like souls that is like sort of restricted on paper but insidiously broaden broad on in reality versus romance which is just this like clear like super colonizer of an idea um which is worse and which is better or is there a smarter way to think about which is worse and which is better i mean they 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 kind of interrelate as as well um i instinctively think that romance is worse 
Like, I don't know. Look, one thing I really liked from that Souls episode, sorry to spoil it if you're going to go back and listen to it now, but Nick, you said that um, I just like the idea that if people thought of their bodies as the source of their whole existence, that they'd take better care of their bodies. Um, I think, like, I feel like the same is true with romance. If you th- if you thought that your intimate relationships were just the sum of their deeds and how everyone feels within them, that you'd treat them better. It, I guess it depends what we... It's a, it's a bit of a value judgment because I don't really think that there's a way to quantify which one's more harmful because I feel like the romance romance is more obviously harmful, but the weight of a, the concept of a soul over across a whole society is, is pretty immeasurable. To me, this is factually one of the hardest ones we've ever done in terms of two ideas against each other because they are, yeah, they do, they, they, they are definitely at the right spot on the list together. Like they're, they're so close they're so different from each other in critical ways, but the in ways that yeah, it makes it hard to decide. The, the yeah, the harm feels very comparable. Um, I probably think overall that the concept of souls makes the concept of romance worse than the concept of romance makes the concept of souls worse. And yeah, I I do always like this mechanic um, for uh, coming uh, down to it. It's yes, not, it shouldn't be the definitive one, but we are very, no, but we're obviously consi- close. Yeah. So yeah, this. Let me think. So yes, yeah, so so yeah, because, because if you have a, yeah you, you, yeah you got a bounded external existence. That's um that's it. Yeah. So souls and as are you worse. Say, soul, souls souls are worse, and they and they multiply that sense of an external yeah cosmology that romance is coming from. Whereas yeah. if you take that out, then you if you take souls out, you chip you take out one of the tiny little pillars out of the idea that there is an external. Yeah, you take the religiosity out of it a bit. It is a significant one because, like, I, I think that meant to be and, like, the the one, those are, those are very soul-bounded um, concepts. Like, I, th- I feel like if you, didn't, yeah. if you didn't have that sense, yeah, then you, it, th- those things would yeah. just be the garbage that they are. Nice one, Chris. That's very satisfying to me. Great. As an argument. Cool. All right. So, now it is the new um, 13th uh, lowest on the list of about 85, I think we're at now. Um, and, you know, that puts it... Um, yeah, so that puts it just above ideas like fairness, debate, rights, asceticism, and cool, and, um, just below ideas like lying, free will, tradition, revolution, redemption, aristocracy. Sweet. Great. Uh, yeah, I mean, and, you know, if you'd asked me to guess, um, I wouldn't have, where we put it, I wouldn't have been a million miles off, but again, I don't try and do the guessing because we, let's face it, we just rank them perfectly, so you just find out. Yeah. If you, if you, if you, if you, you, me and the listeners, you just find out. Tariff, thank you, Chris, again, for your forbearance in re-recording the first 20 minutes of that. That's the first time we've ever done that. Had to go to that and I, and it felt like it went great to me, but mostly because, um, of your generosity towards re-articulating, uh, what you'd already said, but the coherent, as, as always, I appreciate the coherency of your thoughts and feelings. Oh, Nick, I just, it's just such a, such a delight for me to get to do this this with you. As you know, it's the, the, the intrinsic joy of just hanging out in these conversations together is has immeasurably improved my life, and I love it. Same, same. Like, yeah, I cannot, yeah, I, uh, it is uh, embarrassing to state how uh, key to my general well-being and mental health doing this podcast is, and that is very specifically because I'm doing it with you, Chris, not for any other reason. So, thank you. Great. Well, I'll, pre- I'll pretend I derive no benefit and I'll invoice you. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Thanks to our listeners. Uh, Dom, we'll get to your idea when we um, check, uh, when Chris checks his messages again. Uh, We guess. Hope you're well. 
yeah. dumb. And if you if you're a listener and you've got your own suggestion, please do write. Uh, you know, get in on our, our Facebook page. Um, uh, Nick does the posts, and they're excellent for each episode. So, um, well worth following. We're gonna get we're gonna get at least one other social media thing happening in a tick and um, like platform, I guess. To, is the term. Um, but yeah, also, um, yeah, if, uh, there's a loved one or someone in your life, you know, who doesn't listen to the podcast and you think this episode in particular, um, would elicit strong reactions from them either way, um, uh, get them to listen to it. Um, otherwise, yeah, we'll see you on the next, uh, rank edition of Rank Ideas Podcast Rank. Looking forward to it, Rank. Lotion, 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 sometimes commotions, sometimes